Isaac. Did you think I was naive enough to believe the words of an enemy? Have I become your enemy now? Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and only episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. And today we're watching episode Jeremy doesn't remember the number because he's unprepared today. 42 in the HD version. Today we're watching episode 42 slash 44 if you're watching the old version. And Jeremy doesn't remember the Spiral of Encounter? Spiral of Encounters. Spiral of Encounters. Tyler's clearly prepared. I watched this episode today. Yeah, so. <laughs> I watched this episode like a month ago. It's been a couple years since I last watched this episode. It's a pretty interesting one. It's kind of, it feels slow to me because the one after this is one I rewatch a lot. I actually really like this episode. It foreshadows a lot, right? There are a lot of moving parts in this episode and I like it a lot. We're getting closer and closer to the end, so episodes have to do more and more. But this is kind of the longest battle in the series, the most drawn out one. It has a lot of revelations of information. Some of them are better than others, um, <laughs> but we're at the middle part now, so this one really has to move, and it does a lot more than combat. We actually got most of that out of the way last episode, but all the players are kind of on the board here, except Patrick Zala, who's at home, watching the board from far away. He's like, I want to be a part of that, but I'm not allowed like to be a part of that yet. I feel like he's just being crazy at the board. <laughs> <laughs> Let me on the board. The board of Zaft directors. I think he owns that already. Yeah, he's the chairman of that board. Supreme chairman, I believe. Not, I believe Diarca's dad is regular chairman. Chairman Supreme, right next to Sorcerer Supreme. They, I didn't know they have, they ever actually established Diarca's dad. He's on the council yeah, as well. Yeah, he's uh, Chancellor Elsman? Yeah, I think that's the only indication of him is we get his last name at one point. Oh. He's not as important as Isaac's mom, who gets lines. Ah, okay. Or Nickel's dad, who gets to be sad Nickel is dead. And also Nickel's oh, mom. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Nickel. Yep, yep, it's been so long. Everyone remembers how he dies, but no one remembers Nickel himself. He played piano or something? Yeah, he was Athens' best friend or junk. He was an idiot. I, f- I feel like he was specifically portrayed as not an idiot. He was just not a combat person. You the way mi- they changed it in the in the HD <laughs> remake, he was just very clumsy. Yeah, no, he slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> oh, oh, he encountered he could have en- encountered mashed potato samurai, um, Masahiro Sakurai, who never realized how fun it was to trip and fall all the time. All right, so do we have anything we want to say before we get to this episode? I don't remember how this podcast works. I asked Tyler to recap everything. Yeah, or or you recap because you actually recap way better than I do. Okay, so... <laughs> and uh, I don't pay attention for like the first 15 minutes. Kira Yamato and Atherin Zala are best friends. They got on opposite sides of a war because of space racism. But now they're together again because Atherin's fiance, who's Kira's girlfriend, said, Hey, you guys, play nice. Also, she started her own Yakuza. Yeah, also she's the leader of this cool faction that has three battleships and the best Gundams. Well, they're working on it. Is she know? really the leader of that faction? Who do yeah. you think is the leader, Zach? Walfelt. DaCosta. DaCosta is secretly <laughs> the leader. He's the one pulling the strings behind the scenes. Secret leader DaCosta would be great, but DaCosta, like, 
can only function if he has a crazy boss above him, I feel like. He works best under pressure. <laughs> and yet, some for some reason, he does not want to be a part of Patrick Zala's. Because he has to have like a, a, no, he's a good eccentric boss. That's a way to put it better. He's like coffee or pop songs and haros. <laughs> I was going to say, what's Lacus's eccentricity? <laughs> have you what, seen those haros? Well, to be fair, that's actually Atherin's eccentricity and Lacus just puts up with it because she's sentimental. That's true. Atherin did build them all. That is canon. Why do you keep giving her these? Do you not like her or something? You give Kira a sweet bird. Well, like, he just kept getting better and better, and then he's like, you know what? Enough horrors. It's time for birds. Did he also give her that weird dog tea tray? <laughs> I have no idea. I was actually thinking of the same thing. <laughs> the dog tea tray. I forgot about that. See, these are the only things you will remember on this Gundam Seed podcast. Other Gundam Seed podcasts would not talk about dog tea tray, but we will. <laughs> anyway, uh... But the Earth Alliance and the plants, those two factions that are space racist against each other, are super jealous of the Three Ships Alliance. So they sent the evil Archangel to come fight them and three regular-ass battleships like led by Raul Lucruse, who is like Char Aznable if he was not as deep and interesting. They're like, all the main characters are over there, so we gotta go do something. That's true. I thought they were gonna like sit there and solidify their power and then strike out on an offensive. But nope, there's no time for that. We're, we're all jealous of them being main characters, having main character powers. So also tangent main character Izak has to uh confront Diarca. I guess that happens this episode. Yeah, it's I guess he's a yet. secondary character. Like Moo and Diarca are secondary characters, right? They they make a good pair, as we will see this episode. Well, it's because they're no longer arch enemies. And there's no gravity for Diarca to deal with. And, so. and they foil Rao and Izak. Yeah, that's a good recap, right? Yeah. Sure, close also, enough. Also, also, there's Kigali. She's very cute when you hug her. I think she's also commanding a ship in this episode? She she and uh, Rambo are tag-teaming. Yeah, I wasn't sure who's actually in charge, but she seems to be giving orders, which really surprised me. I'm pretty sure she's, like, inherited this after the Orb army from her dead dad. Because that's how democratically elected I don't think they're democratic. Work. I think they Orbs are. Orbs government makes no sense. We will find that out in Gundam Seed Destiny. I, th I, think, I think it's implied that they were democratically I, elected or I something. I think they are democratic, but also but he's for life. a hereditary figure. I think it's both. I think it is like a... Uh, like a newly democratic nation where yeah. they just like just elect the guy who would have inherited it anyway. I have no idea. That's how their society they don't works. actually go into it. So. No, they don't. I suddenly want to know a lot more about the politics of Orb. Oh, don't worry. Gundam Seed oh, Destiny no. is coming. Oh, no. I was kidding. <laughs> oh, God. I do not. We, no. We're going to get political marriages and... Uh, I don't know. I remember when Yuna got married in Final Fantasy X and she escaped on Valfor and it was rad? Yes. When Yuna gets married in Gundam Seed Destiny, it's not nearly as good. Oh. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it's hard to top that. There is so much wrong with Destiny. Oh, don't worry. We have 50 episodes of that. I but know we do. First, we got to get through these six episodes of Gundam Seed. So. so, quick question before we actually start the episode. Did they ever make a Final Fantasy X anime? Because they should have. No. They okay. made a Kingdom Hearts. I think yeah, basically Persona is really the only one that's gotten the anime treatment. I'm just thinking how much I want to see, like, anime Yuna escape on a Valifor, and how much I just want anime Waka, period. Yeah, but do you really want anime Titus? No, but, but some sacrifices have to be made. Look, you get anime Aran with him. <laughs> like, buy now and get one anime Aran. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's pretty good. Or anime Lulu. I could take her or leave her, to be honest. Oh, I like her. But anime Riku. Oh, yeah. Jeremy was only 10 when he saw Riku, so it's not creepy for him to be. <laughs> that's Jeremy's rule. 
Yes, but the thing is, all of that has to revolve around anime Titus, and that's the worst thing possible. That story revolves around Yuna. Titus just thinks he's the main character, because he's a whiny so-and-so. So, speaking of, this may or may not need to get cut. Did I tell you that I encountered the X-Men anime in the wild a while back? <laughs> no. Um, so I went to a kava bar. That was a kava bar? Yeah, that's what I said. It's called the Mad Hatter. It's all Alice in Wonderland themed, which is cool. Kava is a root grown in the Southwest Pacific Isles that was traditionally used as a, what's the word I'm looking for? An anesthetic, I guess? Like a local anesthetic. It has mild numbing properties. It also gives you a weird buzz of some sort after you consume a large quantity of it. So I went there randomly. We did not consume a large quantity of it, but I consumed enough to make my uvula go numb. But I was like just glancing around in between bowls of dirt root. And on one of the TVs, they were playing the goddamn X-Men anime. And I was watching it for a while. I'm like, what is this? And then I saw anime as hell Cyclops blasting anime as hell Sabretooth in the face. I'm like, oh, I've heard legends of this. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So then we sat and watched the X-Men anime for a while, and it was actually surprisingly good. I've never heard that part of the statement. Uh, well, at least... I think it was a matter of expectations were so low that, yeah. they, that the fact that it didn't actually meet the low, low expectations. It's not as good as the Japanese opening to the X-Men cartoon, right? Have you not mm. seen those? Because I think you've told me about it. I don't know that I've ever seen Where they're seen fighting them. Hydralisks, don't ask me why. What? And also, cry for the moon! <laughs> <laughs> No, it was uh, not very that good. good English. It was not nearly that good. Also, cables in them like he's a main character. It's just like we were watching it for a while. And I'm like, is this Wolf's Reign? And then all of a sudden, Cyclops. So that's my fun anime story. Uh, so yeah, so let's get into something that's not Wolf's Reign. Episode 42 slash 44 of Gundam Seed, Spiral of Encounters. You can watch it on Crunchyroll or Hulu if you're weird or YouTube if the moon is right. But mostly Crunchyroll. Yeah, Crunchyroll's the place to do it. So we start off with one of those cool recaps of last episode. Where Nataro's using the silly phone. I actually came up with a reason why she has to use that so the rest of the bridge noise doesn't get on the phone. I mean, I guess that makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah, like if the crew's talking in the background, they don't get to be broadcast to the enemy vessel. They're like, oh, what deuce? We're going to totally ruin this diplomacy. We saw in the last episode they're not very good unless Nataro is yelling at them. And then Rao remembers that the Mendel colony exists, and he's like, well, I can tie up some plot twists here. And Flay is sad and alone. This all happened last time, though. With a CD. It's actually a mixtape that Rao made for her, and she's very confused by it. Oh, yeah, we get so many new type flashes this episode, too. I like the interaction between Diarka and Moo. It's they don't Don't call me old man. And we ended, as you'll remember, with missiles about to hit the freedom. Oh, no! What will it do against missiles? Well, he could just dodge, I feel. He could just face tank them. His he armor also can just tank, face them. tank them. Or move his shield in the way. Or use his Vulcan guns. What will he do? It's very exciting. We'll find out. But we have to wait through the opening to find out. Why are Flay and Kigali juxtaposed in the opening? Who would you juxtapose there? Not Flay? Because they're girls? Yeah. And, and Lacus is in the background overlording over everyone, <laughs> so. Yeah, that is Like, I would have... Juxtapose Flay and... Lacus? Not Flay and Lacus, but Lacus and Kigali. I feel like they're not very opposite. Not that Flay and Kigali are opposites, either. No, they occupy similar-ish roles, though-ish. Yeah. Very-ish. The more I'm thinking about that, the more I'm they wishing... They both command K- battleships. Yeah, the more I'm wishing Kigali did anything in this series. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Don't wait for Gundam Seed Destiny. If you think Kigali does stuff now, oh boy. 
do I have some news for you. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you the Evangelion about Kigali and Gundam Seed Destiny. Is, which is a shame, because I do I do like Kigali as a character. I like that idea, but she never actually gets to do anything. Yeah, I know. She's overly emotional, but otherwise competent. She just never gets to do anything. She's not competent is the problem. She's informed competent. If she was competent, she'd be great. The show doesn't let her be, though. That is true. She's implied to be competent. She never gets to do anything. Or at the very least, she likes to carry around assault rifles. Only in opening sequences, really. In the truck, it was a rocket launcher. Just like Kira loves scaring up black decision skirt. <laughs> well, to be fair, who doesn't? He did it once. Once you <laughs> pop, you can't stop. To be fair, she just took it off. <laughs> so we start with the missiles, which are very well animated. It's very nice. And then Kira just goes Super Saiyan and retreats from them and then uses his stock footage attack on them. No more missiles. Yeah, which is not what that's used for, Kira. You can only use that to take out a bunch of gins non-lethally. He does get hit in the back by the raider's mace, though. Well, he hasn't. He just hasn't quite mastered Ultra Instinct yet. <laughs> but he does some really cool beam dodging. We get to see them all around him. It's a good laser light show. I just hate the calamity. That is the calamity, right? That's, That's the, the raider. raider. Yeah, whatever. The calamity is the one with the big ass cannons on it. Okay, yeah. No, the raider is just the stupidest damn thing. And then the Forbidden's shields get damaged, but also they still function later in this episode, and I don't think they're damaged anymore. The uh, Calamity's about to get a shot on the Freedom, but then Atherin shows up and also goes Super Saiyan to block the beam with his shield. And then he just rushes it with his shield. Which is rad, and like you see like a little beam impact explosion when he gets up against the beam cannon on the chest. I do it's like that cool. idea. And it also breaks his shield, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's, it's a very scorched. cool detail. Asriel, is that his name, is yeah. backseat piloting the Dominion. Backseat commanding. He's like, hey, keep firing. She's like, we'll hit our dudes. He's like, that's what they have armor for. That's not what <laughs> armor's for. The Archangel has snuck up on them, probably using the same <coughs> asteroid they used to sneak up on them the first time. But Natarl can evade by just yelling evade. I guess she learned that from Maru. Yeah, I was going to say, that's all Maru ever does, is she just yells evade. And we see the buster and the duel fly by. Strike. The, yeah, 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 the sorry. strike and the buster. Asking, uh, you know, what the hell are you guys doing? And the is like, he just keeps saying he's here. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, also it says, no, he says he's here, yes, him. <laughs> Which is an oddly specific line. But anyway, like, he's like, yeah, let's, uh, let's actually take off so that we can do something instead of just hanging out here, waiting for people to, uh, and then Wildfeld is like, you're right, DaCosta! Where's my coffee? Yeah, I, <laughs> I just really want him to sell, like, where's that cappuccino I ordered? Meanwhile, DaCosta's, like, at a weird position on the bridge. I don't know if he's communications officer or, like, targeting or what. Barista. <laughs> Moo and Diarca encounter... Rao uh, and Izak. And they get some new type flashes, like Tyler said earlier. Izak sees the buster and gets pissed off. Shows up as buster and strike and dual and object. <laughs> Like, it's actually what it says for Rao's ride, is object. Yeah, because he's now got a gaze, or a gate, however you're supposed to say that. I've never been sure. But it's a pretty cool mobile suit. The two start fighting. Meanwhile, we cut to the druggies fighting Atherin and Kira. But now that it's two on three, the druggies no longer stand a chance. Yeah, I feel like they could have, like, Kira's just barely hanging on, and I feel like if they had all three attacked at the same time, it would have been a different story. Well, given that they are now attacking at the same time, they are actually far more... They're good at getting each other's way, and also Atherin's there to cover Kira when he's making dumb mistakes. Kira's a lot about improvisation. That's why he gets all those sweet Gundam kicks. Uh, meanwhile, one of the stray girls has finally succeeded in their grappling check to free the Kusanagi 
from a random cable. <laughs> and then Kigali's like, let's go after the Dominion. Don't, Don't get <laughs> caught on anything, anything else. else. She said not to get caught on the first one, too. It didn't help. Well, that's because she failed her inspiration check the first time. And we get some sweet Archangel versus not Archangel action, which is actually pretty cool. I like this scene a lot. It's a lot of stock footage, but we don't get much battleship on battleship combat in this series, so it's very cool. That's something that we actually get to look forward to in Destiny. Battleship v. Battleship combat? Yeah. We get to see the Astray girls kind of being competent against daggers, but only for a second. And then we cut to Izak yelling at the Buster, how dare you use the Arcus machine? And the Ark is like, ah, oh, this is awkward. Yeah, and then he's, he specifically says, Ezek. And then we get some sweet Rao and Moo being pissed at each other, which I love, because they've mostly been, like, cordially frenemies, and now they're actively trying to kill each other. I don't know what I like, wh- whether or not I like or hate Rao's uh, energy claws on his mech. I like that they're on the shield. I always like when the shields have weapons on them. I, see, I'm not as thrilled about that as you are, I, I, but they do very much complement the rest of the design, so... It, it looks kind of cat-like. I do think I like it, personally. But spoilers, that's what we're going to be ranking this episode, so... <laughs> I think it's freed itself. No shit! Now the Kusanagi shows up to help the Archangel, and now that fight is also two-on-one. And Natara's like, time to retreat, and Ezra's like, what? And she's like, did you not notice there are two of them now? And it's like, but they were quartered. And it's like, now they're not. Things have changed. And your guys are running out of batteries. Like, there are a lot of good reasons. And Azrael's like, you better know what you're doing here. And pulling out. And Natarl's like, you want to die, bitch? <laughs> I love the look on her face when she says that, too. Like, oh, she says so much contempt for him. It's very good. Almost yeah. as much as Zach has for him. I, I don't know about that. I have, a, I have a lot of contempt for him. I said almost. So I get the idea of sending out, like, a bunch of signal flares, but also you're in space. Those could be hard to see. Why not also send out, like, an all-signal broadcast? Presumably for jam- because of jamming. Yeah, that's the explanation I came up with, too. Does that destroy radio communication? Like, in the traditional gun, the Monofsky cart- particles just stop any sort of transmission, so. And it's to make it more like World War II. Shawnee's being a bitch and wants to kill Kira or Atherin. For damaging, really... for damaging the shields. But the other guy's like, hey, remember that intense drug pain we go through? Maybe we should not. That would be good. And then they do anyway. I presume they need uh, doses or they'll take the pain. That's the way I've always interpreted it working, is then... if they don't get a... Which is why we refer to them as the druggies. Yeah, yeah gotcha. if they, they go through with drop pains if they don't. And then Maru makes an re-up. excellent comment. Their ability to retreat is equally impressive. <laughs> and then no one says anything in response to this. Atherin and Kira have a cool bro moment where their Gundams are grabbing each other's shoulders. <laughs> it's not that. as good as when they held hands to escape, but it's pretty good. Kira's realized, hey, these guys probably aren't natural since they held up in combat with us for like a minute. No one else does that. But they are? They're just drug enhanced, right? Yeah. I've always talked about how I like Azrael more than you guys, and a lot of it is him like enhancing these people so they're not naturals, like because to him that's better somehow. Yeah, because it, it makes him a huge hypocrite, yeah. which is great. Yeah, I've always really liked that aspect of his personality, that he has these like things that like these people are clearly going through so much pain. It's so much worse for them. But in his head, that's better than gene therapy before you're born. Still don't like him very much. He's not in. He's not as interesting of a bad guy as having. He's a cartoon villain. That's that's my biggest problem with him. And he's Patrick one Zala. Yeah, they they end up being cartoon villains. It's not interesting. So then we get the eye catch.
What is up? It's a philosophical question that's plagued humanity throughout the ages, but modern thinking on the subject can be summed up in the words of Patrick Zala, exterminate the naturals. Hey, all thanks for listening this week. We really appreciate it, especially as Seed is starting to wind up in preparation for its wrap-up. I don't think we have any special orders of business this week other than, hey, if you like the show or don't like the show or, you know, really anything in between, go ahead and shoot us an email at gundam at lastpodcast.com or just drop into our Discord. I've mentioned in the past couple weeks running, but we have a poll up for the things you'd like to see on a Patreon that I think we're starting. There are a lot of cool projects that I think I'm excited about that are going to be kind of experimental at first, but if you all like them and we like making them, then we're going to do more of them. Technically, that was supposed to have expired in the last, like, week or so, but honestly, we just haven't done anything yet. So you got plenty of time, I think, probably to weigh in. More of the usual stuff, go ahead and drop us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. I'm trying to use the at LTOV Gundam Twitter more frequently, but I definitely messed up the post last week, so it was completely the wrong episode number, and no one looks at those anyway, so it's probably fine. Anyhow, I'm going to let you get right back to it and watch Izak and Diarca have a sweet reunion that's actually kind of bittersweet because they've grown apart as people, and that's sad. Bye. Once we're back from that, we see the Estrays going back to the Kusanagi. Which was so helpful. Kigali breathes a sigh of relief that her three important pilots all come back. They have a bunch of estrays on the ship, though. Well, right? all the estrays come back, as yeah. far as we can tell. Yeah, they do have a bunch, but we only get three with uh, named pilots. And someone's like, hey, what about uh, Diarca and Mu? They back yet? Although they call Diarca by his last name, and this is the first time I noticed ever seen his last name. I'm like, who the hell is Elsman? Is that Diarca? He's the guy out with Mu. Yeah, Diarca Elsman, Isaac Jewell, Nicola Maffi. Well, I think rusty, re- rusty Aaron. I the, well, I mean, it makes <laughs> it makes a little bit of sense because like Moo is more connected to them because they they know who he is. They've been with him for a lot. They longer. also call him Lieutenant Lefaga, though. Diarca is kind of a the new guy, the new guy, and so it's a little bit of an additional distance between him and the rest of the crew. So Moo can't tag Rao with his giant laser cannon because, of course, that would destroy him. But Rao does at least say, "Hey, you're pretty good in that, actually." And Moo's like, "I'm gonna kill you." Finally. Stand still. We get a good shot of Millie being concerned about Diarca. And the commander. But apparently they can't get to the inside of the <laughs> colony with their radio because radio and Gundam suck. And Izak is yelling at the damn natural piloting <laughs> Diarca's machine. And Diarca's like, scattershot. I picked up that skill three levels ago. Well, to be and fair. And remember to turn on his radio this time. That thing's always <laughs> been a shotgun. It just, he never uses it. Yeah, because he's never in close enough to. But yeah, Diarca yells over the radio, and Isaac gets to like be shocked that I'm fighting my friend. Why would you be on their side? And Kira's like, I'm gonna go hero mode after them. You uh, you stay here. Well, I mean, Kira finally actually has a decent point and a decent idea. The, the Dominion's still there, so one of them better be around. Just in case. Yeah, the Strays can't do it on their own. And somebody does need to go double check on them, because they should be back by now. Something's clearly gone wrong. But somebody, one of them has to be nearby in case something else goes bad. See, and now Glacus is giving an inspiring speech because she's the leader. And that's also Because the, uh, the Eternal was even more useful in that fight than the... Uh, um, Kusanagi. Kusanagi. Look, it did not immediately get caught in the cable. That's because it never launched. 
But Lacus has been playing bard songs in the distance, providing support. Is that you? Yeah, picture in picture, dude. He's Axel. Like, why the hell did you betray us? Like, I'm I'm happy you're alive, but I can't forgive traitors. I told Rao I'd shoot them all down. And then Kira shows up. He's like, here, let me kill that asshole for you. But uh, Isaac remembers that time that asshole saved his life. With a Gundam kick. Yes. His best move. Diarka's like, hey, break it up. Break it up. Leave this guy to me. And then Kira's like, are you sure? And Diarka's like, yeah. And Isaac just gets more and more mad. But Kira trusts his new bro, uh, Diarka. He's like, hey, just don't let it develop into a huge blood feud where you literally murder each other and are only brought to life, back to life by cleric miracles, okay? Or plot armor. I thought he was talking about the unresolved sexual tension between him and Atherin. That's that's the subtext. It's like, hey, make, make sure you go all the way with him. <laughs> it, just, it just gets awkward otherwise. You might not have another chance. This is war. And then Diarka is like, well, I know what I'm doing. Let's get busy. <laughs> yeah, he opens the cockpit. He's like, hey, let's uh, lower our weapons and talk, please. And you get to see Izak being conflicted for a moment. And Diarka being determined. Because Izak could just shoot him. At to be point. fair, this is pretty ballsy of him because he knows Izak's kind of a bitch. And the last so... time he opened his cockpit, he got taken prisoner. Also true. But to be fair... That was against his greatest enemy. True. Uh, that, that, was a, that, that was a combination attack by his greatest enemies of gravity and the Godfreeds. <laughs> he, he only has to deal with one person here. It's his best friend. Rao starts grappling with Mu because that worked so well against the Kusanagi. He says, I, if you shot me down here, I figured I could accept that. But it looks like I'm too good. I like how he opened communication channels specifically so he could taunt Mu while he's killing them. And then he says something cryptic about the child cannot win against the father. And Moo's like, what? And it surprises him so much his buster pack falls off. Yeah, I, I've always kind of assumed that it was because the buster pack finally ran out of power. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. He but... just wants to use his knife move, and that only works if you don't have a pack on. Fair. He's got to eject the pack. Uh, meanwhile, the gates has some cool, like, grappling anchors with beams on them that Get he Get over shoots. here! It's got slash harkins. It cuts off one of the uh, arms, and... Some debris gets Mu in the chest. And then Rao's like, yes, it looks like destiny is siding with we. What? The Millennium Falcon? <laughs> because uh, Kira shows up and he is not having any of this nonsense. And he's from above and he just takes out Rao. No nonsense. Shoots off his head, shices off the legs, destroys the rifle. And now the gates is in pieces. And Rao's like, whoop, better run. And he didn't think to wear his like... Sweet jetpack thing. Like, no one wore fl flight suits to this. Uh, Isaac did. Diarka did. Moo did. It's just uh, <laughs> Kira's <laughs> now. Okay, so Moo punches the, like, cockpit release, gets out and starts shooting at Rao, but apparently took the time to take his helmet off. <laughs> yes. It's to give him better peripheral vision while he's yeah. in a firefight. Have you seen his helmet? It is mostly uh, clear. But, you know, he didn't want Rao to shoot the helmet and to, for glass to shoot in at him. Yeah, he already had that happen once today. So Rao is now going full Joker, and as he shoots, is running into some sort of weird facility. I feel like Kira could have ended that right then with some Vulcan fire. Yeah, I don't feel like Kira's in the murdering people outside of robots phase of his life yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Kira would do that. I'm just saying he could have saved everyone a lot of trouble. Well, yes, he could have, but... Also, he might hit Moo. They're running near each other. So he lands the freedom. He's like, I better go into that weird facility, too. I hope no one takes this sweet Gundam I'm leaving here. Oh, I have a gun? Weird. Where'd I get this? Yeah, he just looks at it kind of confused. <laughs> so 
So then we set to Diarca and Izak, and they are framed kind of beautifully by their two Gundams. It's very Naruto Valley of the End, even though it predates that. But Izak brought a gun to this talk. Yeah, to this diplomacy fight. Diarca is just like, oh, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and I mean, he's not wrong. He asks him, you know, am I really your enemy? Like, do you really think that? You seemed real pissed off that someone else was piloting this, even though they weren't. Then we cut to Kira and some cool snake action poses as he starts sneaking into this very non-OSHA safe facility. I guess that's why they built it in space to get away from OSHA. <laughs> Probably. Those regulations are too much. I like the ladder up at the side of the thing for zero gravity. It is straight up somewhere that the Joker would lure Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen the movie with this in it. And Rao starts uh, taunting Moo, again, just like the Joker would with Batman. Like, do you have uh, any idea where this is? And Moo's like, why would I, you idiot? Uh, I prefer to read that as, no, stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they exchange some gunfire and talk. And he's like, well, what's a crime for you not to know? <laughs> I'm not telling you, though. Meanwhile, Moo's got literal blood on his hands because he is bleeding from that wound he took earlier. And Kira reveals his presence to Rao, and Rao's like, what? It all makes so much sense now. We get some excellent techno babbles or repairing the Archangel. And it's Godfrey is still taken out. I, I like how he says, put some of this paste on there. If we get hit there again, we'll be done for. Then put an amulet in it and pray. <laughs> if we get hit there without the paste, we will still die. Unit 2, hurry with the stress strain level measurements on the backup manipulator. The fuck yes. does that mean? Yes. <laughs> One of the Australia girls, Asagi, has uh, scouted out the three Zaf ships, how they're over on the other ho- opposite harbor. Everyone seems surprised by this for some reason. Well, because three battleships, it turns out, is a rather large detachment. It's also equal to them. Because the on the one side, they've got there. the Dominion, which is just parked outside. They've got their three ships, and then up against them, they have the three Nazca-class ships. So they're like, oh, we're kind of boned. So anyone's like, oh, what unit could it be? But Maru's really like, it's La Crusade. It's La Crusade. Because Moon knew about it, and they have this weird connection. And everyone's just like, okay. To be fair, would anybody else have any kind of other reaction when you say, he just knows? My reaction if somebody told me, I just know when this person's nearby, would be immediately to have them section. So, anyway, the Joker, I mean, uh, Rally Crusade, is like, what a thrill for you to be here, Kira Yamato. Get him, Harley. (laughs) Release the hyenas. I guess Isaac was Harley for a while. No, that's Flay. That's what he's trying to do to Flay. It's just not taking. Yeah, so he goes through a lot of taunting. Moon and Kira meet up. They get to take cover together. All of a sudden, I feel like I'm watching an episode of Bebop. Well, Kira's like super like panicky and... He's just pan- like winded. He's good at uh, giant robot fights, not uh, gun fights. Yeah, he's got a plus 20 in computers. I do like the by-play mm-hmm. when he gets there. Moo, you know, demands, why are you here? He goes, I couldn't leave you, so Kira... Tells, what was I supposed to tell Maru? <laughs> I like his reaction. It, it, it's very bebop for a second. You're it's right. like, uh, I guess you're not wrong. He's <laughs> like, Moo, you took a stomach wound and you're bleeding all over. It's like, yeah, it's just a flesh wound. It's fine. I'm an anime character. <laughs> it's like, but uh, take the safety off your gun if you're going to shoot it. No, <laughs> yeah, he's that's... not going to shoot it, though. He's going to throw it. Well, so that's what we were talking We were talking about this off the mic. So I think that's what we were actually thinking of. Is if you actually intend to use that thing, turn the safety off. I think there off. might be another one later. And anyway, Rao keeps taunting them and being cryptic. He's like, Kira, this is where you were born too, isn't it? And Moo's like, stop, he's just trying to trick us because he's He's a tricksy one. Also, 
every move in this entire scene is just a character from Bebop. It's great. His face is animated differently than Kira's the entire time. Back to Izak and Diarka <laughs> arguing about what enemies are. And Diarka's very like, semantic. Have, have you looked up enemy in Webster Dictionary recently? And Derek is like, uh, I think, like, maybe we shouldn't murder all the naturals, so... Because I kind of have a crush on this one, or at least she was, like, not a dick to me, I guess. She's very cute. I think you'd like her. Well, you don't like anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he basically says something that Isaac's kind of been leading up to for a while, which is, I don't want to kill all the naturals, and Isaac's like, yeah, they're no fun to kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, good, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Like, Isaac's been kind of moving through that for a while at this point, but well, he's yeah, like kind but- of at that point of... Well, I I guess they might not all be shit. Yeah, it's more it, like his noble warrior instinct has been kicking in. He's like, wow, we're just kind of like slaughtering people. Maybe we should do that less. So speaking of Bebop, we then cut to these sliding doors opening to either side. And with Mu and uh, Kira peeking in and the gunfire getting uh, slayed to them. And they both have this very reaction to it. That's, again, very Cowboy Bebop. Which raises the question of how much ammo does Rao have? He just, he's had plenty of time to reload. His, no, his entire coat is made of magazines. Oh, that'll explain it. it he's, got, he's, he's got the coat like Meryl, but it's all yep. magazines. Uh, so they are now in cloning facility B. It's got lots of monitors and tanks. Again, like the Joker would lure Batman to. Why is there a Sherman in there? It is also an Abrams? Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, Kira gets distracted by the plot, and then Rao takes a pot shot at him, which Moo barely saves him from. They're on a nice catwalk, which again is very Batman the Animated Series. Moo starts shooting in response, and Kira's like, What? I do really like how Rouse taunts are working on Kira and Moo is just like completely ignoring them slash getting more angry and serious. It works very well. Well, it's because Moo is an adult. And so he's like, I don't care what you have to say because you're an asshole. And meanwhile, we cut to the Dominion where Natara's like, hey, this is uh, the part where we either ask for backup or retreat. So we should do one of those and things. like, but I want to get the mobile suit. Yeah, that's basically what he's doing. But I want it! You do realize you're going to get all of us killed if you keep this up. That's when, when you're the captain, you you find out which one of your people you think you can actually order to space him. <laughs> and get away with it. So we cut back to the facility. Moo gets in a gunfight with Rao and takes a nice shot to the soldier. So Kira charges in through the gunfire, dives behind cover to ask if he's alright. Moo's like, just, just great! Love Peachy Keen. Didn't need his blood anyway. Just, <laughs> how about you try shooting him? <laughs> or I was like, oh, I'm not going to kill you guys. I've, I'm in the Joker phase of my career. I, I want you to be in well informed when you die. <laughs> I won't kill you until you learn everything. And then he throws a framed picture. That's the same picture that Kigali's dad gave her. And this is one of those situations where if it's literally anybody besides Kira, Rao is dead. Because he's just standing there. Yep. With Kira pointing a gun at him from like 10 feet away. Like, this could have been an an elaborate ruse where Kira looks and gets distracted by the picture and then Rao just shoots him. Doesn't happen, but it could have. And Moo would pull him down again. Kira's really bad at gunfights. Yes, Kira's yes, really he is. bad about pretty much everything that required to be a soldier. I don't know if you've noticed that yet. He's good at giant robot fights. There's also a picture of Moo's dad. Which is, something has finally gotten through Moo's stalwart, like, you know. He's like, oh frust- wait, 
what if he's not just making shit up? Because he has these ver- two very specific pictures, and I do not know how he would get them. And then we end on some, like, sweet 80s guitar as we, like, get a montage of everyone preparing to do stuff, which is pretty great. Yeah, we got Captain Addis back at the three Nazca-class ships, Flay being sad, Atherin getting in the arc- uh, uh, getting the Justice, and we see that Flay wants to get the disc she has that Rao gave her to the Archangel. Then we cut back to Izak and Dierka, and uh, th- their situation has not advanced at all. Izak still just got a gun on him. Natarl's contemplated her next move. It's a juxtapose against Maru, waiting for the next thing to happen. And Rao going, don't you want to know what happens? <laughs> something, <laughs> something, can... make a maniacal speech. Yeah, he's continuing his taunting. I'm not entirely sure he's not talking about himself here, but I don't know. I think it's a combination of things. Yeah. I mean, we will find out in the next episode. A lot of stuff is revealed, for better or for worse. Uh, the <laughs> last shot is actually of that picture of uh, Moo and his dad. Actually, it's not, because then there are the tanks. Ends on the close-up of the Abrams. Oh, wait, back to the picture. I was right. I knew it. Ha-ha! And then we get credits. Yeah, and that does it. Like I said, kind of a slow episode, but it does kind of promise a lot. It's drawing everything closer together. I didn't even feel like it was a slow episode. A lot of stuff happened this episode. Well, I mean, I can kind of understand it. Because we there's a lot of the episode is between Diarca and Izak talking to each other. And Kira and Moo just chasing Rao through the uh, facility. Like, it's implied action, but you don't see most of it. I think why I think it's slow is episode 44 is one of my favorites. And that's the conclusion to all this. And we still have a whole nother episode before we get to that. That's kind of what I'm expecting to happen. But before that, we have to see episode 43, which is the opening door. The thumbnail for which is weirdly the eye catch. And yeah, I noticed that too. Nothing exciting happens. It's it's a clip episode. Ha ha. Ah. No, no, that's a Gundam Seed Destiny move. <laughs> yeah. God. All right. So since you like this one, Tyler, what's the high point for you? Suddenly plot reveals because we've got a lot of Rao mystery that's maybe going to wrap up finally. So I, I think Rao playing Joker and threatening to reveal plot. All right, how about you, Zach? Moo and Kira's byplay when they meet up. It's pretty the, good. The whole sequence of him meeting up, telling him what Maru would think. And yeah, when it suddenly becomes a Cowboy Bebop episode for about two minutes. Yeah, and then, you know, if you're going to use that gun, make sure the safety's turned off. Yeah, I, just, I love everything Moo does in that sequence. It That's is great. great. I actually really like Moo and Rao getting to have a fight now that they both have mobile suits. And they're, like, actively malicious at each other, yeah, too. Yeah, like, Moo is never that personal with people. And Rao is almost weirdly detached, which is like, oh, I thought if you could kill me, that would be okay. But I guess not. Because apparently Moo is Rao's son or something. I called it the, the other direction, but... All right, low points, Tyler. The fact that the Eternal hasn't done anything this entire episode, <laughs> and the episode before... It'll do something, maybe. It's got to adjust. DaCosta didn't bring the coffee right. They got to keep, DaCosta's got to keep trying until he gets that coffee perfect for all the right buffs. Zach? Can I say Azrael's not dead yet? But I think I used that in the earlier one. I think I would have to go with, I think the sequence going through the facility, I think that actually lasts too long. I kind of agree. Um, so, because it takes up, well, it feels like about half the episode. And most of the scenes are just interchangeable. Yeah, mine was actually going to be how much this episode seems like it's stalling. Because the more I thought about it, it's not that it's slow. It's just it starts with a recap of the previous episode, which isn't weird. 
but isn't very common. It ends with like one minute of characters determined faces, which is interesting because we get to be reminded of everyone in play. And it's a lot of characters. It slows down the pace, which I think is intentional, but I don't think it's great. I was going to say, well, I think I actually, they're trying that they're, they're trying to have that slow episode like you've mentioned in the past. And then, you know, you get to the more action oriented to have the, the just juxtaposition. But because of where you really are in the story, you can't have that anymore. Yeah, we're getting towards the end. It's not nearly as bad as Destiny's going to be with this because I actually really like the uh, rest of the build up to the end. But it's just stalling a little bit because they need the next episode to be the one with all the reveals. And then they need a climax to this fight before they get into the real finale. I was going to say, you just like the fact that Azrael's so alive, but I really like the interplay between him and Natarl in this episode. I detest Azrael. Oh, we're getting to the best Azrael moment. Not next episode, but the one after. Is it the one where he dies? Uh, no. No. That's his penultimate best. Penultimate? That's not a thing. Second best? Second best. All right. So we have to rank a mobile suit because we're getting towards the end and there are lots we haven't. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this is the only episode where the Gates or Guazine, I'm really not sure how we're supposed to pronounce it, it's spelled weird, is really used. That's Rouse Mobile Seat for this episode. So I will start off by saying it's a pretty cool design. I wish it had more colors. Yeah, all of Rouse yeah. are all white. I, well, we actually don't have the Saigu, which is his previous mobile suit on here, but he will actually use that again, spoilers, because his Gates got ruined. I, I don't like the monocolor because it makes... It makes it blend into itself. Yeah. It doesn't stand out as compared to a lot of the Gundams. That said, it does have a cool claw shield thing. I don't know. I like his new suit. I wish it had more going on visually. It's also not used very long, so they don't have to really do a lot with it. That is true. I'm going to start very high with another all-white suit, the High Mobility Jin. Nah. High Mobility Jin all the way. I'm it's with Tyler. It's got the wings. Okay, so then going down, the uh, next mass-produced suit we have on here is the Din. How do we think it compares to that? That is the purple flight one. Oh, I like the Din. Eh, it, it still has, like, or am I thinking of the Dom? The Din has the wings. It doesn't have, like, the big skirt. Gotcha. There are no Doms in this series. Yeah, no, I was thinking of the Dom substitute. I just can't remember what it's called. It is the Din, yes. Oh, wow. It doesn't have the skirt, like I said, but it's got those wings. It's purple. No, nah, I'm pretty sure I prefer the Gates and or however you pronounce it. I think I agree. Zach, do you have any opinion? I like the Din a lot more. I, th I think it's got a lot more going on with the wings. The fact that it actually has a specific purpose in mind. It doesn't look like just a big lump, <laughs> which is <laughs> one of my biggest problems with the gates is that it, it, yeah, it's got the cool shield looking thing, but at the same time, it's hard to tell what's actually going on with it because the thing is just all white and it's very bulbous. Yeah, I think I actually agree with Zach. I think I prefer the Din. All right. Let's see if it has how you're, you're supposed to pronounce it on this page since we brought it up. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's because it's the Guazi in English, and it's the Gates in Japanese. Or possibly Guades? No, I remember how they say it. It's Guazi. Okay. Okay, so we're going to put it below the Din. The Strike Dagger is the next mass-produced suit. And I like it more than the Strike Dagger. I like it more than the Din as well, so I think I just like it more than you guys, but... I like the Strike Daggers, I think, the most out of any of us here, but I think I prefer the Gates Guazi. Yeah, actually, so I was going to comment, I like how they make the daggers look weaker because they're a little bit thinner all around. And I think I prefer the gates. Um, simply, it's got the cool head fin. It's bulkier. I still wish it had more colors going on, but... All right, so how do we think it compares to a mobile suit? It fights in this episode, the strike without a striker pack on. I actually think I like the strike's color balance a little bit more, because I really like the way the strike looks color-wise. It also still has the frame. emergency knives. 
I do too. I, I my main problem with it is because of the fact that it's just one color. It's hard to tell what's what it's actually doing. All right. So the gates. That's what I'm going to go with. We'll go at number sixteen above the strike dagger, but below the strike, splitting them up. That just about does it for this episode, I think. Kind of a short one, but like I said, the episode's kind of short and padded. Not a lot goes on. Although, it's not that I don't like the episode. Don't get me wrong. I really like this stretch of episodes yep. where they have this uh, long, drawn-out encounter between these two factions. You know, I actually think one of the reasons this episode of the podcast is a little bit shorter is because there wasn't bad animation, really. <laughs> and, like, There's one shot of Lackey's face I didn't like, but I didn't yeah. bring it up. Technically, all three factions are involved in this. Well, yeah, but two on either side of our uh, the main characters is what I meant. The main character's faction is caught between the other two. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And that's the best part of Zeta Gundam. Three factions making alliances with each other and backstabbing each other. It's going to suck when Destiny tries to just steal from Zeta Gundam and realizes Gundam Seed has already taken the best part. But <laughs> it's pretty good now. Uh... So yeah, any final thoughts? Um, I still think it was a pretty solid episode. I, I now see what you're saying about padding, but it didn't seem that way when I was watching it. It seemed like there were... There was enough going on at any given moment that it held my attention. I had that feeling the first time through when I watched it, but now I'm looking at it kind of like, yeah, there's just there's actually not a whole lot going on here. Yeah, they're stalling till next episode. So next episode can be Raoul Le Creuset explains it all. Pretty or much. Possibly the world according to Raoul Le Creuset. We'll see which one I want to go with next week. So join us next week when we talk about episode 43 slash 45, The Opening Door. Where Rao reveals everything. And a Rao veal, if you will? Yes. <laughs> that was really bad. Yes, it was. I Something, something like Crusade pun. Okay. You're I guess welcome. we're I guess See. we're done here for the week. <laughs> See, the biggest mistake I made in this podcast was giving Zach the power to end it. <laughs> Why? Why did you do this? I told you it was a bad idea. Because he's just as amazed because as anybody should be about me. Because I needed a way to end this podcast and he gave me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>